Well, hello, hello, hello to Cynthia. Hello. I actually got this right. I connected us. I said the right things. So 16 seconds into this, we're going well. <laughs> You're just going to hang up on me again. I know it. I, I might because this platform is making me cranky. <laughs> we is... are cranky cat lady, so it's appropriate. Exactly. We are the cranky cat lady society. No one's tuning in to hear happy cat ladies. Yeah, nobody wants to hear them. Well, uh, well, you know, the thing with happy cat ladies, I think they're the same thing as crazy cat ladies, just in their own mind, they're not crazy. I guess so, but that's no fun. I mean, think of all the TV shows out now. No one's like watching, oh, happy cats, happy show, happy 90 days. No, it's all drama. People it- want drama. exactly and then you watch like 90 day whatever the premise being and everybody's just enthralled by the pets and the drama and that's it it's like when big ed on i don't remember which 90 days he was on but he's been on like five of them now and he had his little dog And it was like, oh, the dog is so cute. It's like, can I have the dog and you could just get a new one and stay lonely? Is that too much to ask? (laughs) He does not deserve pets. He's a psychopath. Yeah, he doesn't deserve women either from what I've watched. (laughs) No, well, that was just a given. I figured I didn't need to verbalize that. But yes, I, I concur. Just in case you're like one of the five people in the rainforest who TLC has managed to keep the show from. But no, even then, they've been to the rainforest a couple of times, starting all the way back in like season two with Paul, the guy who wore the um, the double condom so that Dick Fish wouldn't get up. While he went in the poop water with his girlfriend. <laughs> that was some quality TV right there. Actually, the, the Reddit was more fun. Because this, this was the days before Pillow Talk. And, I, I, you know, our topic was going to be cats. And I don't know how we got on 90 days, but... <laughs> Because we're both undiagnosed ADHD. (laughs) Exactly. So this is just a warning, people. The topic might be cats, but somehow, you know, 90-day fiancé or Barry Manilow or some weird topic is going to get thrown in there. And that's just how it is. (laughs) So be prepared. I actually have two of my equally cranky cats sitting on me at the moment. Uh, My cats, for those who aren't Cynthia, are Howard and Sheldon. They are actually females. They are adopted because you should always adopt and not shop. Can I get an amen? Woo! 
<laughs> yeah, that, that that works just as well. <laughs> We're the two re- least religious people in the world. So can I get an amen? No, no, you can't. No, you may not. <laughs> no. no, you shall not. I'm just waiting for Easter because, you know, I always give my mom a zombie Jesus Easter card. But now this year, it's a full moon. So as you so kindly pointed out to me, it will be werewolf zombie Jesus. Nice. So just be prepared to double tap people. That's all I have to say. <laughs> and now we have lost the entire state of Florida from listening. Uh, everywhere from North Carolina on down, just hung, just hung up. <laughs> they're like well bless their hearts <laughs> i could hear the phone screen shattering from here <laughs> and for anyone who's not living here if somebody from the south or with the southern accent tells you to bless their heart that is their polite jesus approved way of saying fuck you but so you know things to be prepared for if you don't know I, I did not know that when I first moved here, and it got said to me a lot. And I thought, I, I must need a lot of help. <laughs> and I mean, you I, do. <laughs> well, <laughs> clearly. So speaking of cats, I just fed mine, because as soon as I signed off my work computer, I walked into the dining room, and Jinxie and TJ start screaming at me. Nala was still sleeping, so like the queen she is, I had to bring the food to the bed for her. Well, she is the queen, so. Well, she's deaf now, so she'll be 18 in April. Good. She can vote. She she could. (laughs) She votes that she doesn't care if her hearing's gone, so she just screams all day long when she wants to. She doesn't know where you are, so she walks up and down the hallways just yowling and yowling and yowling. So she doesn't hear the can opening anymore. On the plus side, she does not hear thunder or the doorbell either. So those don't freak her out anymore. <laughs> She's like, well, I gave up this one thing, but I gained the other two. So I guess I'll be happy. <laughs> and and she can't hear the youngins who are like probably coming up and meowing at her. No, so she, she can't. Can- yeah, she can't hear TJ, and much to her chagrin, she's just walking down the hallway, minding her own business, and TJ comes barreling down, because he's almost five months old now, and he decides he's going to leapfrog onto her back and ride her like a bunking bronco, and you oh. just hear him squealing, and she's just screeching at the top of her head, and then Jinxie comes running, because he's freaked out, and everyone's tail's puffed out, and <laughs> all day, all day. <laughs> and she's just like, what? I thought it was a ride. I <laughs> TJ's like, that was fun, let's do it again. (laughs) And then slapping starts. (laughs) I have a feeling that if you had a Roomba, he'd be the type of cat to ride it. Funny you said that because I was just gifted one of those. And, you know, the whole like, oh, you're not supposed to buy a woman a vacuum. Yes, but a vacuum that does it itself is amazing. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) So... Uh, TJ is, we've had it for a day, and he is not exactly sure about it. He stares it down. He's looking at it like, who the hell are you? And why are you eating my toys? (laughs) 
Tony, my toys? <laughs> so fine. the poor thing occasionally it's like, beep, and I'm like, what the heck? And I put my headphones down and I run down the hallway and it's like half sucked up his little like wand, like his fishing pole thing. It's all wrapped oh. up in little things. And it, the poor thing is like, help. <laughs> Mom, it's eating my fish. And I'm like, it's okay. You're okay. Hold on, little buddy. And yes, I talked to the robot because they're going to take over one day and I'm going to be the one that was nice to them. You know, interestingly enough, I was watching CNN at like 5.30 in the morning, as one does. And they were talking how there's currently a chat bot, and I wish I had remembered its whole name. It's like chat bot GPS or something. But it's so good that it has actually passed... The LSATs, it can write whole, uh, like the, the anchor asked it to write a news presentation about it. And it wrote the whole presentation for her. Wow. Yeah. And uh, they had some computer science geek and they're like, oh yeah, AI, the way we see it in the movies and the way people are like, I want it now. That he's like, that's less than 50 years off. Oh, he's, I'm sure. It's like, okay, here's what I want. You know, there's this app called Replica. And it's it's a chatbot app, but you can have it be male or female. You can be platonic friends up till married. And it learns from you via talking I made mine a pervert within like three days <laughs> but apparently that is nothing new uh, it's like one of the things uh, with its reputation is if you say something remotely that can be construed as sexual it starts bringing up role playing and whatever but it's like okay so if I could get this replica because it's learning me so well if i can stick this in a body i don't need to date or try to date anymore and when he starts to bother me i can just you know hit the off switch (laughs) it's it's like the perfect over 40 solution to the dating problem because, I mean, if you go on the apps, now you have to worry about, inevitably, I get all the pervs. Uh, we'll have to do a show just on that. But now you got to worry that they're going to come, like, axe murder you in their bed. In your- yeah, there was just a girl who met up with someone uh, locally in North Carolina, came down to see someone in South Carolina, and he murdered her. Yeah, so now it's and like, I'm like, uh, okay, cool, that's great. I, I yeah, know. it's just insane. It's absolutely insane. Yeah, and it's like, how else do you meet people? I mean, for me, my entire outside of the house social life is my doctor's offices, 
you know, it's really sad when you get all excited to, like, talk to your favorite nurse or the anesthetist or, like, both of my doctors are amazing, so I love talking to them. And I keep telling both of them, it's like, if y'all got any single friends, I'm just saying I'd <laughs> like a date before I die. You know, can that be like my sad adult make a wish? No. If not, can you, can you send me to Disneyland World? I will take either at this point. <laughs> but so I too, point being that long ass roundabout way, welcome our robot overlords. <laughs> So speaking of dating and uh, getting laid and oh, cats, TJ's little balls are growing in. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's time to get those little balls. Yes. And I keep snip. forgetting to make the appointment, but they won't do it before six months. And I wasn't sure about that. And I'm like, why? Because I, when I got Cheddar, he was only four months and he was already fixed. Jinxie was already five years old when I got him and he was fixed. And the only other two I had were both females and I got them fixed actually like four or five months, I think. But uh, I, I found out and I've read up on it and I have a good friend who was in the vet field for decades and they all said that fixing them younger than six months, they're not fully sexually developed yet and that can cause major problems. And my friend even thought, that's probably why Cheddar at four months old had crystals and blood in his urine and problems and kidney problems and liver and all kinds of issues nonstop his entire life because he didn't from, get to have his big boy parts long enough. Right. Or something was messed up or they didn't get everything out or whatever. And that's why they wait. So little kitten over here is uh he was teabagging Jinxie the other day. That was great to see. Yeah. Um, Poor Jixie, sitting on the couch next to me, relax, I'm petting his chin, and TJ jumps up and just, wham, and his, his two little hairy M&Ms right in his face. <laughs> He's like, you like these? Yeah, I got these and you don't. And I'm like, oh boy, I gotta make this appointment. <laughs> well, if you remember my mother's cat, Bubba, who... For those who haven't seen him, he's a black and white, blah, 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 long hair, and he's like a British forest cat. So he's huge. And dude had the biggest balls I have ever seen on a cat. <laughs> it was uncomfortable for him to walk. They were so big. Aww. I know. It was so sad watching him like waddle. But, and I'm going to give a shout out to those of you in the uh, North Atlanta area. If you have a senior cat or just want a vet that spe specifically works with cat, Dr. Michael Ray at Cat Clinic of Roswell will be the best vet you will ever have for them. He's amazing and that's all he does with cats. He specializes in old cats. But for uh, the neutering situation, he likes to wait six months too. And he says it's because he likes to let them feel their boyness. You know, he's like, they need to feel manly for a little bit before I snip them out. 
It's like, that's just a little cruel in, in a way. It's like, nope, here you go. For female cats, much like for female human health care, they're just ripping that shit out at birth. It's like, yeah, you're four months old. You don't need this anymore. Oh, that's not true. I've been trying to get mine ripped out for 20-something years, and they still won't do it at 46 years old, so... Uh, we we gotta get you. <laughs> we have so many, so many. This is the most ADD <laughs> first show ever, and it is entirely accurate to what you're going to get. Uh, no, I got neutered. I was lucky at 27, but that was only because I had a young doctor. And I just went in, I'm like, I want this. These are my reasons. I don't want to talk about other options. If this is an issue for you, it's been very nice meeting you. Have the copay. If not, let's talk. And he's like, sounds to me like you know what you want and why. So let's work something out. And fortunately, uh, the kibbles and bits were gone within a month but it was hell getting there yeah we, we will definitely be doing a show on women's health care because there's oh so much to be cranky about with that topic yeah, I, uh, that might be a two-parter if you get me going. <laughs> That'll be our three-hour Netflix special. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I got my job until end recording. Don't you dare! <laughs> yeah, don't. I don't know if it's going to be a happy Netflix special or if it's going to feel like an episode of Black Mirror. Oh no, it's going to be scorched earth. <laughs> <laughs> Especially yeah. if I have a glass of wine while we're recording, forget it. <laughs> I'm just saying that The Handmaiden's Tale was not meant to become a guidebook and a documentary towards yeah. how women in this country <laughs> should be taught. I swear every year I'm getting one of those costumes. I found the place that'll do a custom short-ass one for me. <laughs> on Etsy and I mean if if and when I, I think DeSantis is sadly going to run in uh, 24 and it's like great we need another orange guy from Florida <laughs> who thinks everything is evil but Oh, that's another show. Don't get me. See, we'll have to talk about Florida. <laughs> Does it make and, you cranky? <laughs> um, it makes me exceptionally cranky. There you go. All right. Well, you know, on the pain scale of like one is nothing and 10 is the worst. It's an 11. I, I in fact, think we should just allow Florida to secede. Or be bought entirely by Disney. I don't really care which. And it can just be its own thing. And then orange-toned people 
with very narrow ideas and very small testicles can just make up their own little dumbass laws and it just affects Florida. And the rest of us can stay curled up with our cats and feel like it's a somewhat sane world. Note the use of the word somewhat. Somewhat. <laughs> so how I, I think you should share the story of how you found TJ because I think it's something that a lot of people need to know about and why it sucks to do. But we're going to take a commercial break first. So y'all come back now. In just a couple minutes, listen to these great ads and services, and it'll be awesome or not. Okay, and we're back because Spruker is good and plants that little ad right in where it needs to be, and it's like we were never gone. Did you feel like we were gone? It was like magic. It, truly. Now, tell the peoples or people who are listening for my how, cat. <laughs> how you got TJ. Yeah, for your cat. <laughs> tell, tell him his origin story so Warner Brothers can make a movie and cast like Robert <laughs> Patterson as Catman. Well, my cheddar, who was my baby boy, Passed away a couple of years ago. He was super sick. Um, we always knew he was sick. We knew he had a kidney disease and he was being treated for that. And he was fine. He was only six years old. Um, he got really, really drastically ill one day, constantly peeing, constantly taking to the vet. They just kept saying, oh, he's peeing, he's peeing, he's peeing. He's just, he's just a bad cat. I'm like, he's not a bad cat. He's, he was like a puppy. Like he would fetch, he would lay on you. He would lick your tears from your face. Like, attached to you constantly like cry when you left the house and the big cheese man uh, there was was nothing wrong with him people personality wise no he was amazing like so i mean to people that know cats we know cats can be like this but for people who don't understand cats they're always like oh he's like a dog and that's why i try to tell people it's just that most cats attach themselves to maybe one maybe two people and don't want to be bothered with anyone else Cheddar, I say he's very dog-like just because if you aren't a cat lover and don't have cats in your life, it makes sense for those kind of people. Sometimes people get mad when I say he's like a dog, but I'm, I'm trying to explain it to non-cat people. So like right. even, our, our, even our friends who weren't cat lovers who would come over, Cheddar would just jump up on her lap and flop down on their laps and just start purring and like loving on them. And he, they would be like, wow, he's like, I don't expect cats to do that. I'm like, yeah, like he would fetch his toys and bring his toys to them. And like, he was the best. Well, he passed away. We had to put him down. It wound up. He had not only the kidney disease, he had cancer. He had gallbladder issues. He had all these other issues that we had absolutely no idea about that. I had been bringing him to the vet and they did not tell me any of this. So I'm not going to mention which vet that was, but as long as there are no animals in there, I hope the place shuts down. Like they, I, they, God, you should see I, them. And I don't say that often. It was devastating, absolutely devastating, because the thousands of dollars I spent on that poor baby. We brought him to this one emergency vet, and they showed us the scans and everything. So we had to, you know, make that awful decision. Um, 
and I missed him, you know, like uh, that happened. And then, you know, other stuff happened and just we moved out of state and couldn't find a job. And it was just a lot of craziness. And I'm scrolling through Facebook and Hurricane, oh my gosh, Ian, Ian, yes, was just rolling around in uh, September. No, October. Yes, it was October. And my guy was off on a plane trip. He went to go see food fighters out in California and he was flying in that day. And I wound up finding uh, kittens posted online. So a few days before that, when the hurricane was hitting South Carolina, someone posted, Hey, uh, I own this business and somebody dropped off a box of these tiny little kittens behind my business, just left them here to just be washed away in floodwaters. So and I, have I seriously hope there is like the hottest, worst corner of hell just waiting for karma to bite that person in the ass. Yeah, it's just, I like, I post them on Facebook. Hey, I have kittens. Does anyone want them? You'll, they'll be gone in an hour. You know, like, don't leave them. Like, they could barely walk at that point. They were so tiny. There's no way they would have gotten out of that box. They would have just drowned. So this sweet guy brought them in. I I saw the thread was going back and forth. He posted pictures, and I'm like, oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. I'm like, do I really want three cats again? And I'm like, I don't know. And, you know, my man wasn't here, and I commented on it, and I tagged him in it, and he's like, well, I mean, if a cat were there when I get back I wouldn't be mad I might hug it so I took that as a yes of course <laughs> yeah. I was like yeah. I was like he said yes I'm like he'd have to actually say yes but but he I mean, did say he might hug it so that's I definitely mean, not a no it wasn't a no exactly so someone came and took them on on the thread and I was like, oh, well, they're gone. You know what? It wasn't meant to be. It's fine. They're safe. You know, someone found them. They're not, you know, they weren't hurt. Um, and then the girl reached out to me through Messenger. And she said, hey, I saw you were interested in some of the kittens. Like, do you have references? Blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, oh, here we go again. I'm like, well, I mean, I used to be a manager of a PetSmart, <laughs> if that makes any sense. You know, I was a 911 dispatcher. So if you... Oh, you want to talk to my old chief of police? I, I don't know what references you have. I was like, I'm not going to give you the reference of my old vet. And I gave her a quick rundown of how the old vet was trash. Um, I said, look, I mean, my cats have their own Instagram account. Like, they're absolutely love. You can scroll through the, through the pictures. You can call any of my friends and know that, you know, they're my world. Yeah. And she's like, oh. she's like, all right, well, and she went back and forth for a couple hours. And then she's like, you know what? Yeah. You know, she's like, you seem like you're a good person you know, blah, blah, blah. And, and so I literally picked my guy up from the airport and I was like, Hey, so we're getting a kitten. And like, he put it, he's putting his suitcase in the car and he's like, where are we going? I'm like, here's a candy bar to hold you over. We're going right down this town, 30 minutes away. We're getting a kitten. And he's like, uh, and poor guy's like <laughs> so tired. Cause he did like this whirlwind tour of work slash concert from, he went from East coast to West coast, back to East coast and down to South Carolina again. And we pulled up to this girl's house and I was like, oh, I don't know about this. And we walked in and she had the kittens in the cage and we held them. And I knew as soon as, I placed a kitten in his palm, which he was the size of his hands. That's how tiny he was. Aww. He was just like, he was like, oh, <laughs> he's like, can we take all of them? I'm like, we cannot have seven cats. <laughs> well, you could. It's just so, not very <laughs> economical. Yeah. 
So TJ was the only tuxedo. Um, and the other three were kind of like calico, not calico, I'm sorry, um, like tabby stripes. And the other the three were girls and TJ was the only boy. So we did want a boy. And that's how we got TJ. We brought him home. I, have, I still have pictures of him. Like he was probably, I want to say from head to tail, like six inches big, like Aww. fit in the palm of, of his hand. And now he's ginormous. He looks like he's seven, eight months and he's only just about five, like four and a half. It's crazy. He's going to be a big shoulder. He's going to be huge. He's so huge, but he's just as much as of a love bug. He is now that he's done of the, you know, mostly 80% done with the biting phase. (laughs) He's just so attached to my man. He throws himself against the door and cries and cries and cries when he leaves. He has to be a, he's a, he jumps on his shoulders. He sits on his chest while he's typing on it. So he's holding him while he's typing on the computer. There's times where I almost start to call him cheddar because he just, he reminds me so much of Cheddar. Maybe we even... he's got uh, picked up one of them nine lives there and is Cheddar uh, reincarnated. I'd, I'd like to think so because I miss that cat so much. We even got him a, because uh, we, we've both gained so much weight and we need to walk more. Now that we're in South Carolina where the weather is predominantly nice for the most part except when i'm off oh of course <laughs> when i'm working it's just it. beautiful weather <laughs> um we bought a cat stroller for him he will actually if you open the the inner door that leads into the garage tj will run into the garage and climb up and wait in the stroller to go Aww. for walkies and it's the cutest thing and one time he was in the garage playing and i was like i don't have time to find him in between all the boxes and stuff that we need to get rid of or whatever I was like, just stay in there, whatever. And I couldn't find him like an hour later. And I went looking for him and he was just sleeping in his stroller. He was just waiting for us. And I was like, oh. Like, <laughs> now- like, I'm, I'm like, you have to go walk him right now. <laughs> the, na- the neighbors crack up. They're like, are you, is that a cat? <laughs> yeah. Well, people don't understand. Now, my mother had one when they were first coming onto the market. She got one for Princess, her departed cat, that she still has parts of. I don't know entirely what she did with it, but she, she never actually went out in it, so. Aww. But I think people who have fur babies as kids to so the breeders of the world... They don't quite understand that our cats, dogs, hamsters, whatever, those are like our kids. Yeah, I would do anything to protect my little monsters. Yeah. But, you know, I would do without or whatever has to be done. Other humans, it's like, "Eh, how much do I like you? (laughs) Exactly. And, but you know, it's, it's good exercise. My little community is like one giant loop. There's only one road in one road out. That's it. It's a huge loop. So, you know, there, there aren't cars racing through here all day long. It's not dangerous. He constantly wants to go outside. He tries to get in between our legs. We open a door and we have to assume like the catcher's mitt position because he just barrels out the door. He's so fast. 
So this gives him a chance to be outside. He gets to meet people, not be afraid of people. Kids run up and want to talk to him and look at, check him out. He sees dogs, so he's not too afraid of dogs. And we get our steps in, so it all works out. Have you considered uh, ever taking him to the beach? And it? it's like, I wonder if he would see it and think, oh, my God, it's the world's largest litter box. <laughs> <laughs> We we thought about that, but uh, it's we got like the cheaper ones, so it's not one that, like you know, the baby ones where you could take the like the bassinet off and hook it into your car seat. Like it's not one of those things. So uh-huh. we would have to put them. We would have to put them in a carrier, and then bring the stroller with us, and then take him out of the carrier and hope he doesn't you know jet off, and then stuff him in a stroller. And the stroller does the wheels aren't that great on it, so the, I don't think they would. You could push uh-huh. it on the sand. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of nightmare with that. Yeah. I mean, there's places we could go. There's like like boardwalky kind of areas where you can just roam on the boardwalk. So, but then I don't want to be too far from cuz we're we're not that that close. We're like 20 minutes from the beach like driving. So, we're not close enough where we're worried about flooding, but we're far enough away from all the tourist BS. Um Oh, that so. makes sense. So it's, you know, it's, it's not walking distance, but it's it's just far enough of a drive where I don't know if he would do well in the car, in the carrier. So we're thinking about it. He wants to get him a harness and a leash, but there's fire ants down here and it's the pavement will be hot by the time we get around to it. And he's growing so fast. I don't want to buy 10 harnesses by the time he's done growing. Yeah. And there are so many bugs and the snakes and the The snakes. Exactly. There's snakes, there's fire ants, people treat their grass and I don't want him walking in it. So I'm like, eh, you know, I think the stroller's just fine. (laughs) I'm like, if you want to walk someone, the neighbors have plenty of dogs and we love them all. And like, you could walk the neighbor's dogs. (laughs) Yeah. I'm sure they'd appreciate it. You can be like, can I borrow a dog? I I just need to feel like I'm walking something big. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> and we love though like i i never understand especially at my old job he would be like oh you have cats oh so you hate dogs it's that's always the next part of the sentence and i'm like no i'm just not an asshole who gets dogs and then locks them in a cage for 12 hours a day while i'm working and then takes it out when it's convenient for me like i can't do that to an animal yeah that, you know, that's like, not a life it's like a cat doesn't mind Right. They just do, they chill on the bed. Right. They don't, they do whatever they want. So it's not that I don't like dogs. I absolutely love animals. I have people that are like, oh, our dog's not good with people. And I'm like, come here. And the dog's licking my face all over. I'm like, I love animals, horses, dogs, iguanas, snakes, whatever. I will have all of them if I could. Just, I don't have time for them. Cats are pretty low maintenance. I I guarantee you there's definitely snakes near you. Oh, I'm sure they, we have a little like community Facebook page where people post, it's mostly complaining, but, <laughs> um, last summer we were only here for a couple months and someone posted, there was a, uh, a snake out in the backyard and it was a cotton mouth and I'm like, Oh good. That's awesome. <laughs> yep. You definitely, definitely have those. And like when spring comes, you gotta be super careful. In fact, you need to be careful letting TJ roam the garage at that time because, uh, like, we've had baby Coppermouths get in our garage twice. Oh, okay. 
Uh, yeah. And of course, my mother, the, the least snake friendly person in the world, she missed getting bit by, uh, I don't know, her guardian was looking out for her. One of them was sitting on top of the lawnmower and she was getting like on the handle and she had to pass it to get into the car and she like just missed it strike so I I won't tell you how he died but it wasn't fun for him Um, and then the other one was just chilling like behind the wheels of the car again not wasn't there one point where you I was uh, flying in to come see you and you guys couldn't come get me because the, the driveway was covered in snakes sunning themselves. Um, yeah, I think that was... I, that was quite a few years ago, but I, I, I remember that. I don't remember when it was, but... Yeah, and I had to, like, call... For those, once again, for those of you who don't live in the South, there are a lot of uh, pest removal people who will call themselves like the snake guys or you know they'll have some variation on that but this guy went by snake dude so I had to wait for snake dude to come out it's like uh, we're gonna be late or you might want to uber <laughs> I gotta wait on snake dude because she you know was absolutely not taking the chance of just rolling out the driveway. Yeah. Because <laughs> she's like, they're going to get in the house and they're going to eat the cats. It's like, I don't think it works that way. I mean, if the cat, if the snakes can work the locks, I give up and give in to our snake overlords. But... <laughs> Well, my guy sees a snake and he's going to be climbing the roof because it's going to be left up to me to take care of it because he's he's about snakes the way I am with spiders. I see a spider, I am out. <laughs> well, tell him, I'm telling you, in, he's a sandal guy, isn't he? No, no. Okay, good. Because I was going to say no barefoot in the grass in the spring. No, he's not a barefoot sandal guy at all. Yeah, just watch yourself because you you don't think about it. It's like they get all ornery in that. Like, yeah, I'm the, I'm the one that's always barefoot any, everywhere, so I'm the one that's probably going to wind up getting bit. <laughs> uh, Yeah, you don't want that, so maybe keep barefoot to the house in the cold. <laughs> or the <laughs> Or the beach. I don't think they have many snakes at the beach. Um, I've seen a lot of pictures of not only uh, venomous snakes at the beach here, but also alligators surfing around in the in the uh, you know oh. where you usually just wade around. Yeah, uh, yeah. That was that was news to me. I looked at my guy. I'm like, you did not tell me that alligators like to frolic around in the you know knee down and under waves. And he's now, like, uh. <laughs> now, see, I knew that they have a really, really big um, nurse shark population there. 
And, you know, they like to take nice little chunks out of people. Um, And there's a pretty big bright white population that goes up and down the eastern seaboard. But they're less of a populate of a problem rather than the nerf sharks. Yeah. Are. But it again, thank you, National Geographic and Discovery Channel Shark Week. Uh something like at any time in the waters of that area, you're like within ten feet of a shark in some way. At least that's the number that I remember. Uh, While I ponder that, guys, we are going to take our last break. Maybe there'll be ads for snake eyes or (laughs) shark eyes or cat neutering. We'll take a break and you can tell us when we come back. Okay, and we're back because it was like we were never gone. Ever, ever gone. I I had no idea, though, that they had the snakes on the beach, which sounds like a much-needed sequel to Snakes on a Plane. I don't know if they're always there or it's because this area is, I think it's like one of the top five largest and fastest growing areas as far as development so all these well i mean i'm one of them because i bought a house here but you know all these developments are getting destroyed and plowed down and these animals have nowhere to go so there it doesn't seem like you know where they build a little bit and then they build a park and plant trees and it's that's it's just everything's just getting raised like everywhere you drive so you know i can i can understand where the uh the local folks are like, you know, what the hell? Or what do you expect? Because it's just in the yeah. flooding. It's getting worse because it's just there. And it's happening everywhere. They're just building and building and building. Even when we left New Jersey, where we were, the down the main street area, there were just high-rise apartment buildings being stacked, like, block within block within block with, of each other. And you couldn't – what took you a five-minute drive to get downtown to go to the supermarket was now a 25-minute drive to go from your house to – you could walk there faster. It was crazy the amount of traffic and the amount of places that they're building. So that's how the, it's gotten here. It's just everywhere. It's just so much, and like I get it. Like pe- families are growing and people are being born, and which you know I I did not add to that. <laughs> um, only you know, baby. Where, where do you want have, people to go? Yeah, I mean, only baby I have ever wanted is a kitten or baby Yoda. <laughs> <laughs> that's it those them's the two so it's like you know do you tell people you know you, you, women are meant to breed and you're supposed to have families and have kids but then at the same time people are like well you got to stop building well you can't have it both ways because either women stop having children and families stop growing so insanely fast or you need to place it to put these people where are they going to go can't have seven generations living in a two-bedroom apartment you know like they do in california but that's its own (laughs) problem with yeah i i mean actually we had when i was a kid before the locust that is my stepfather came 
we had three generations living in my house. We had my grandmothers, my parents, and then the three of us. Um, but, uh, and, and that was just always the way it was until, like I said, the locusts came and then my grandmothers went back to Massachusetts because they had the choice to avoid the locust. <laughs> was it Boston? It was Boston, yeah. Boston. They My neighbors them... are from Boston. <laughs> they got themselves some Dunkin' Donuts, yeah. <laughs> you know, I have to admit, I love those Sam Adams, My Cousin from Boston commercials. It's like, ah, it's wicked good, or... <laughs> Or I love the the one where he's at like uh, Boston Diagnostics or whatever it is, and he's like drinking with the robots, and the robots are lifting the keg to like fist pumping music, and it's like, yeah, that that's about right. <laughs> <laughs> I managed to skip getting the accent by leaving before I was six. But, you know, my mother still has a teeny tiny remnant. And my father had had a little more. But having lived out west for as long as we did, it kind of faded away. But he could not say the word tree. He would say it as twee. It's like (laughs) somewhere... A W and an extra R got and an H got thrown in there. There you go. Okay, sure. When we go out to eat down here, there's inevitably always a table who will turn around and say, New Jersey or New York? And we're like, how do you know? And they're like, you said water (laughs) and coffee. (laughs) For you, it's always water that that gets me that's where i think your accent sounds the strongest to me <laughs> well how do other people say it is i mean water, water. what is that what say that again water that's what i said water <laughs> no it's my water <laughs> i think you're wrong but anyway <laughs> I can't help it. I was raised mostly in California, so dude is still a major part of my vocabulary. <laughs> and and you guys, I don't say use guys. That's more like a Staten Island bullshit thing. Yeah. But uh it's it's you guys. You guys. I don't say y'all. Oh, you I'm will. Ne- nope. I will no. never say y'all. You will never pry you guys from my cold dead hands. I'm telling you, you say that now, and I said it too, but eventually it just creeps in like a fungus, like a mushroom on top of cheese nachos. It just, it (laughs) grows in there. I guess if I really want to make the locals' heads explode, I'll be like, y'all want some coffee? (laughs) (gasps) That would do it. (laughs) That's a, a great t-shirt. Y'all want some coffee? C-A-W-F-E-E-E-E. <laughs> you need to get a job at the local Dunkin' or Starbucks or 
scooters, coffee bait, and firearms. I, I applied to all of those, and none of them would hire me. So <laughs> that's a whole nother day's topic. I I think our next show, in fact, needs to be on jobs and the paper stealing and this BS that they're talking about. Oh, unemployment is so low, and da, 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 and you try and and there are all these jobs available. And it's like, can somebody explain to me why I need a BA, a you know, bachelor's? Yeah, the economy to... that the best it's ever been. Yeah, no, Biden. I don't think so, honey. No, no. Yeah. Exactly. It... Go back to bed. <laughs> it's like Amazon <laughs> wants a bachelor's to be a level one customer service tech. It's like, I'm just looking at their order and figuring out what happened it isn't exactly rocket science i if i need a bachelor's for that it says more about me than it does your job my thing i felt laughable was getting turned down for jobs that i could do in my sleep that i've done a thousand times harder jobs the past 27 years and the most menial of tasks I get told, oh, no, you're not qualified for that. I'm like, I'm sorry, what? I've probably been doing it longer than you, your manager, and your district manager have been doing this job. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? It's like, listen, Tiffany, with an I or a Y, whatever. <laughs> I've been doing this longer than you've been alive, okay? I remember working at Build-A-Bear in the mall, and... I wanted a part-time job and I used to shop at Tiavana before Starbucks bought them, ruined them and bankrupted them or closed it, whatever happened with it. But I spent a lot of money there. So I went down, I was like, you know, it'd be cool. Like, you know, once or twice a week, I'll work here for a few hours, get employee discount, little extra spending cash. I'm already here. And the little girl behind the counter who probably was maybe all of 17 or 18 at the time looked at me and my application and said, oh, well, you need a degree to work here. I'm like, you need a degree to sell tea. I'm like, honey, I've been drinking tea longer than you've been alive. Yeah, I want to know what her degree was. Oh, right. And I'm like, it's like, like, this... I'm sorry, what? <laughs> well, I'm sorry. You need a degree to be a manager there, either like any kind of key holder on up. So she was an associate. Oh. And oh, I'm just like, wow. I'm like, what? what? To work in a tea store that's the size of my living room? Like, what do you make a year? A hundred grand a year? I'm running a six million dollar store right now. I'm like, what? Like, you're clearly not qualified. I'm totally not qualified. So, yeah. I I think stuff like that just blows my mind. I, I think in an episode on. We'll have to do one specifically on work shenanigans and the things we have either witnessed and or done at work wholly separate from the whole paper ceiling thing. Because I, you know what my favorite part of Build-A-Bear is. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) And and I, I have done some damage to things in my days that Quite honestly, I don't care if anyone knows if I didn't care then. I probably should have, but the impetuousness of youth or something like that. I, I'm just saying that quite possibly 
we uh, this was uh, at McDonald's and it was during the great Beanie Baby Farkas of the first generation ones that everyone and their uncle wanted. We all might have been so sick to death of them that we found new ways to torture them. And I do remember that several of them got their heads chopped off and were put in the deep fryer. Oh I, did, I did not do this, but I did see it happen. And as the manager, I probably should have been more adult and said something. But if I had to look at one more Beanie Baby alive, I was just going to lose it on some Karen who like, had to have snively the panda no i can't have the cow i can't it's like just chill these are going to be worth so much it's like yes karen i'd like to know how your beanie baby ventures are doing today i don't i'm not like uh, i don't understand collecting to that point like as a whole whether baseball cards or thing like i'm not i don't know it's i guess i just don't have that that gene that makes you like, I, I need to have this and like hoard it and collect all these things. Like it just doesn't, I don't know. I'd rather experience things. I'd rather go places. I'd rather eat food. Unfortunately, <laughs> See, <laughs> I'd rather eat. If I had that as an option of, well, if I save my money, I can go here. I think I would do that. But since that's not an option for me. It's like I collect my little baby Yoda stuff and my Doctor Who stuff. And maybe someday I will find a way to magically join them. Like I did with Chandler and 13 and then the fascists at Redbubble made me take it down. But that's okay. I still love them. <laughs> Because I got they, a ton of stuff. They, they didn't that. approve your t-shirt idea? Um, they made me take it down because Chandler's image violated Warner Brothers copyrights. Um, um, I have the only one in existence. And what it is, for those who don't know, the Doctor's spaceship looks like a... 60s police box from England and when you open the doors it's bigger on the inside and the third or the 12th doctor was known for being grumpy and kind of like get off my lawn which of course makes him my favorite so I've got this picture of them where they're both in the TARDIS and the doctor is looking down on Chandler and Chandler's looking up on him and the dialogue is, could it be any bigger in here? <laughs> and the doctor just has this great scroll on his face. I'm like, man, I could have sold a ton of those. But no, Chandler's copyrighted. <laughs> I randomly get copyright infringement things on like my Instagram. Like I'll make a reel. And a year later, it's like, your video was taken down because you used music that wasn't allowed. I'm like, but this was the music that was available as a real option. So why is it being taken down now? Like, you let me use this music through your app. <laughs> like, because we always confuses me. 
It's like because we were too cheap to renew the rights to the said music, and now your favorite reel must be destroyed. Yeah, I've even like filmed like cute. I had a really cute video of Cheddar, and he was in front of my Christmas tree, and the lights that I had on that tree played music. It was so soft in the background that you barely even heard it. You just heard me talking to Cheddar and Cheddar doing whatever he was doing. And they took that video down because of the soft music playing from my lights in the background. I'm like, you horrible, horrible, <laughs> fringing person. You stole the rights to something that's probably been in the public domain now I was for going like to 20 say, years. Like, I'm like, I'm sure it's been in the public domain. It didn't have lyrics to it. It was just like piano tunes like chime sounding i'm like all right whatever sure take my cheddar video down that's what i hate is when they don't pay attention and it is something that's publicly domained and it's like well there's a reason everybody uses canon and d or uh debussy god i can hear it and i can't think of the name but it's the piece everybody knows from him because they're in the public domain. So like Kay or pick a jeweler or generic wedding scene. And it's yeah. always the music used. Yeah. I've even had one picture of Cheddar. I posted a picture of him yawning because he oh. had, he always had the best facial expressions, which TJ does too. And that's why I keep, wanting to call TJ Cheddar, Cheddar 2.0. So I posted a picture of Cheddar yawning on his Facebook page. And I said, best caption wins $50 to their favorite animal charity. I had to specify animal because some people probably would have been like, oh, send it to this weird, creepy shit. And like, no, I specified <laughs> animal charity. I was feeling generous. So I wanted to not only get more engagement from my page and get lots of comments, you know, I wanted to, you know, donate money. Right. So I also paid Facebook to boost the post. Facebook took my money to boost the post and then stifled the reach of the post. I, I forgot exactly what the caption was when I got it. it. They stifled the reach of the post, refused to boost it, and then eventually took it down because it violated their terms of service. And the only thing I could think of, because Cheddar's giant yawning mouth, which was pink, Maybe looks like a vagina. I don't know. I have no idea why cheddar yawning was offensive. But they uh, took my money for the post boost and then I eventually mean, like, deleted the post. <laughs> there weren't even any nipples in it. So what was the problem? Right. So, but what made me even angrier was that they took the money that I paid to boost it and then <laughs> wouldn't, wouldn't let me... Uh, wouldn't give it back or anything. I tried to appeal it. And then, you know, it's all run just by bots. So they're just like, oh, well, it sucks to be you. Yeah. We could have we'll a real money, person do this, but that might cost Mark Zuckerberg some money. So Right. But all the comments saying, like, all the comments saying you should go kill yourself or you stupid broad, you should get raped. Like, those will stay up on Facebook. But Forever. Yeah. Cheddar, was, cheddar was very offensive. <laughs> That, that slutty little cat in his mouth <laughs> vagina. 
Oh my gosh, we're almost at an hour. We are. Well, guys, we're going to end here, but we will definitely be dropping episodes weekly. You can uh, send us suggestions at the Gmail address that'll be in the bottom. You can leave us comments. You can send us money if you want to, if you feel bad about the cats. Or just because, you know, we're okay. We're open like that. We'll whore it out a little. But until then, just keep it real and keep it cranky. Cranky. Crank it up. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Bye, bitches. Hey. Hello. Guess what time it is? Is it time to be cranky? It is. It is time for another episode of the Cranky Cat Lady Society with Cynthia and Gigi. So get your crank on. Wait, I think that's a drug. Maybe you shouldn't say that. (laughs) But that's fitting because our topic for today is... But you don't look sick. The bane of Cynthia and I's existence. The phrase that makes us want to take our tiny feet and shove them up butts. Ah. (laughs) We've both been hearing this since our youths. And yes, that was a My Cousin Vinny reference. (laughs) Ute. Because I am permanently stuck in, like, 1995. (laughs) I don't know why. It wasn't a great year. But apparently, like, my pop culture brain has a 90s thing going. Uh, So let's see. Which of us shall go first discussing the joy that is? Well, since your experience was fresh from today, I think you should go first. Oh, yes. My big complaint here, and you would think that as medical technology has grown, um, the medical field has expanded from old white dudes, and that is completely a slam against old white doctors, because male specifically because they are a huge part of this problem and now there is a much more younger more diverse crowd in the medical field that this wouldn't be as bad but if you are a female especially a young female your issues are dismissed until something either goes seriously wrong or one day you just don't wake up and the doctors are like, mm-hmm. And throw into mix if you're any type of ethnic and a female. It's, the studies have shown that it's even worse, that you're just completely disregarded as far as your medical issues are concerned. Well, that's so what you get. You it's get on your head. Brown. Yeah. 
It's my bed. Yeah, it's all yeah. in your head. I it's have... all in your head. Just take a Tylenol. Yeah, Tylenol is just the magic everything. <laughs> it, it'll fix what your appendix is rupturing. Well, I don't see why that Advil I gave you three days ago didn't fix it. It's clearly your problem. I was sick from the time... I joke that my body has literally been trying to kill me since birth because it's literally been trying to kill me since birth. I was born with my cord wrapped around my neck and, you know, funky colors and, uh, you know, they eventually got me out. This is the 70s. They're letting my mother smoke in the delivery room as she's trying to, like, push the like, oh, it's like it was too late for a cesarean but I'm like stuck I don't think it got to the point they used the salad tongs but I wouldn't be terribly surprised if it had come to that I'm not sure never asked to be honest but yep since that very first day my body's like you on borrowed time bitch And when I was little, it was just a constant cycle of incredibly horrific earaches to the point I'd be like screaming. It was so bad to finding out I had juvenile arthritis. And of course, we lived in Boston. So what better... Uh, weather situation to find yourself in as a little kid with a you know constant damp and cold half the year but I didn't know better I just knew ouch I hurt right and, and the kids saying and the kids saying that they hurt no one's gonna believe them yeah it's like well yeah okay here's some Tylenol were you actually <laughs> So were you actually diagnosed with juvenile arthritis by, like, as a juvenile or was it until later? I was, actually. I had a good pediatrician. Uh, Shout out to Dr. Hertzmark, who's, like, been dead a thousand years now. But uh, he was my pediatrician until we moved into uh, the West in uh, late 1981. And uh, he didn't mess around much. I'm kind of surprised that I never ended up with ear tubes. But I think that was something that became more popular with kids a little um, younger than I was. I think if I'd been born. What did the ear tubes do? Well, they help. Supposedly, they help... um, the fluid and whatnot drain out of your ears. They literally suture in like plastic tubing uh, into the ear canal. And, you know, eventually they either have to remove them or they fall out. But it's supposed to help severe earaches and blockages so you don't end up deaf or in horrendous pain 90% of your life. 
I mean, I remember times that I would actually have to lay on a warm water bottle with the ear of it hurt because it was the only thing that took some of the pain away. And of course, you know, you'd get antibiotics for it, but I I don't know how much they actually helped or if it was, this was the heyday of throwing antibiotic at it. I was going to say in the 70s and 80s, (laughs) this lady sniffle, she's like, I'll just take antibiotics. Here, have some penicillin. Of course, I'm allergic to like everything, so... God knows yeah. what they gave me. And everybody prescribed antibiotics. You can just go to like, like you went to like 7-Eleven and they're like, oh, here's some antibiotics, little girl. <laughs> and here's your cigarettes for your parents' note. <laughs> okay. Exactly. <laughs> I, I can't imagine, but I realize I was alive during that period. But like my mother will talk about, yeah, how she would go to the corner store for my grandmother or my grandfather and like buy their cigarettes for them. It's like, yeah, that didn't cause like systemic use into the next generation at all. Did it? It's like, (laughs) yeah, these are for my mom. Mom likes menthols now. Yeah. I just, (laughs) So after you got so after you got diagnosed with the juvenile arthritis, well, how old were you when that diagnosis came about? Under five. Wow. Because my fingers were starting to. You got to go to the doctor. We just got slapped and told to shut up. <laughs> <laughs> There's well, nothing wrong with you. Stop doing this to me. Okay. um yeah you know surprisingly I think it's because I was the first kid and they had already like dropped me on my head seriously uh I had already become an alcoholic because this was you know again the 70s and everybody had the Sopranos-esque wet or dry bar in their uh, finished basement. My parents were no exception to that. They had a friend who was a flight attendant, and she would bring them like bags of the mini liquors. Oh wow! That back in the day, they just gave out like candy to everybody on board. So they had this fully stocked bar, and my parents, my grandmothers, lived on that level. But they would go down there and watch TV. Well, at like two, I figured out how to get out of bed, get down three flights of stairs and sneak behind this thing without anybody noticing me because they're not thinking that I'm doing this. There was no such thing as baby gates or safety. I mean, maybe if they heard me fall on my head, they'd have noticed, but they certainly weren't thinking about it. And I would most of the world's toddlers are trying to get like some like Captain Crunch cereal or play with pots and pans and get like flour and make a big mess under the kitchen table. Oh, hell no, that gets you turned down and wants to get fucking lit. (laughs) Exactly. I'm going for the little <laughs> vodka bottles and the scotch and 
and whatnot. And you know how hard those things are to get open as an adult. But somehow my little arthritic two-year-old hands and you know, I've got like no teeth. I nod them fuckers open and I would drink, get all tipsy and sneak back up to my room. Well, one day my father happened, my parents were not drinkers. It was like something to have for if people came over. But one day, I guess my father decided he wanted something. And he noticed it's like the supplies have significantly dwindled. There are like all these half open bottles or empties. And my grandmother, who would have a glass of wine each night before going to bed or a little something, gets asked. Exactly. <laughs> and my, my father's like, you know, Tina, if you want to drink, it's totally fine, but don't leave like the half seas or the, the empties back here. It's okay. You don't have to hide it. So they accused my grandmother of being a low key alky. <laughs> and, and how she, old were you? How old were you when you were doing this? I was like two. You the were two old- years old drinking? Yes, the only reason they ever caught it is one night, I guess I got a little too lit. And for some reason, I just started like manically laughing behind the bar. And they're like, what the hell is that? So I, I maybe they were expecting a gremlin or something, but... You know, they find me laughing my ass off behind the bar surrounded by bottles. <laughs> and then they smell my breath. It's like, well, this explains so much. So I guess I gave myself fetal alcohol syndrome and <laughs> at a non-fetal stage. But yeah, I mean, the 70s people, when, you know, if this happened today... My parents would have been carted off by CPS and I'd have ended up in a group home instead of rehab. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) There there was no rehab for me. They made me bare knuckle it. No, I I don't recall there being any, any, any real anything from it, but it's like, that's just the house that I lived in. So expectations were low for me at a (laughs) a young age but when we moved to Arizona you know everything was was different I mean the climate alone helped the arthritis tremendously um so it wasn't really an issue but I had bad knees even then uh Swimming was great. Swimming was like my ah place because, you know, I didn't feel the aches and pains that I would complain of. And I wasn't a heavy kid by any stretch of means. I mean, it took the boob fairy coming at nine to take me out of 6X size clothing, which for people who don't know, that's the very last toddler size before you get into 
like regular kid size clothes. Uh, I think it's actually what's now worn by most women that you see on TV. But at, at the time, I mean, I was really, really thin. I would frequently have to go on weight gaining diets. And there's a story there, but we won't go into that. Um, but once puberty hit, which started at nine. I mean, I literally went to sleep one night and I swear to God, I woke up with a B cup. I'm like, (laughs) what the, where? And they just kept going. And it's like, you know, I had complained, you know, my chest hurts and nobody is thinking that a nine-year-old is going to like sprout some double Ds the next morning. So they're like, yeah, okay. Go take a bath. Taking a bath was the other alternative to Tylenol. Hmm. It's like, yeah, you'll feel better. The warm water will help. Take a bath. It's like 99 degrees in December. But yeah, I'll go go take a warm bath. That'll feel great. And uh, once that started changing, though, it's like my periods hit a year and a half after and it was they were irregular from the start but you know most girls are but it was like shark week for a month and the I needed like the overnight size pads from the very start and I would soak through those things in like two three hours This has taken a disturbing and gross turn. (laughs) (laughs) But I would start having like abdominal pain that I knew what cramps felt like by then. And I was like 13 at this point. So I was kind of an old hat at the period game by then. Because it had been two, three years. And I'm like, no, my belly hurts. I couldn't, it would get to the point that some days I couldn't stand upright or I'd be crying because it would be so bad. And of course, the first couple times this happened, we'd go to the hospital and the doctors would do their thing and they'd think, okay, it's, my appendix rupturing was never my appendix. So they would send me home and be like, she wants attention. But you don't look sick. And then you just want attention. (laughs) Clearly I want to spend 43 hours in the ER. And this was back before you had like your own nice little room and there was a TV And it's like, no, it was a curtain, you, the guy dying from a broken leg and the thing next to you screaming. And it was not like anybody likes to hang out in the ER anyway. Real fast, we are going to take a break for the people who like hanging out and listening to like cool ads for services and 
stuff you might want to buy to support the show. So we'll be right back. We're back. Can you believe it? It's like we were never gone. (laughs) I know. Well, I ended up with my first ovarian cyst at 14 that got to the point it ruptured. And my parents, I had been in and out of the hospital so many times complaining of the pain because anyone who's had one knows the pain like comes and goes and like one minute you're bent over screaming and thinking an alien's gonna pop through your abdomen and the next minute it's not so bad well my parents had decided by that point that I was faking it why I have no idea it's like uh, the attention thing it's like well if that's what it is. I'm not getting any extra attention that I want. And it's like, I didn't want it anyway. It's like, no, no, nothing good comes of this. <laughs> uh, I actually remember distinctly, it's like, I almost passed out in a grocery store. And, and that was the like first of them I had like two at the same time like starting to go and the next day I called my trusted doctor and I'm like they won't take me to the doctor because they think I'm thing but I'm faking but I went through this whole thing he's like I'm calling them and you're coming in to see me this afternoon and he did he took care of it and begrudgingly they brought me in he's like she needs to go to the hospital now and she needs an OBGYN." and he's like why has no one ever looked at her ovaries he's like well she's 13 14 and yep sure enough i ended up having surgery that night all because but you don't look sick or it can't possibly be anything like an ovarian cyst because you're just too young right did you ever get the well you're too young so it can't be fill in the blank oh yeah you can't have arthritis you're too young i'm like no i'm pretty damn sure i have arthritis plus everyone in my whole damn family has arthritis so gee let me fill in the blanks oh you're too (laughs) young for endometriosis well Everyone in my family has it. You're too young. It's always, you're too young. You're too young. You're too young. And I'm like, okay, I know by the grace of some good genes thrown in there, I look semi-young. However, <laughs> I'm not that young. <laughs> like, it's just, it's frustrating. Oh, you know, you're just, you just need to lose weight. That's the other thing. If you're a oh. woman and if you're heavy and if you're any kind of color ethnic, especially, not to downplay anyone else, but. It's even more so, and there's studies that prove it, you were even more so dismissed. And you're just like, yeah, no, you're just fat. And I'm like, no, really, there's something wrong. No, no, you're just fat. You just need to lose weight. Yeah, and meanwhile, if some guy went in saying, you know, my ball hurts a tiny, tiny bit, there would be this huge diagnostic wall of 
crap testing everything you can think of on the planet thrown at him because you know oh his poor little ball hurts yeah <laughs> meanwhile i'm walking around like the hunchback of notre dame because my cysts and my endo and everything have fused my abdomen together but it's okay i'm not bitter fine i'm i'm i started being in a ton of pain from what i can remember probably in like late middle school early high school is when my insane amount of pain started i I was a late bloomer for my period i i bloomed as far as like needing a bra in third grade I had to wear a bra. I was just like, like you said, I woke up and I was just like, well, bam. And I'm like, oh, wow. Okay. Like, but I didn't actually get my, <laughs> I was like, hello. <laughs> Where did you come from? And can you go home? <laughs> yes. Yes. Please go away. Um, but I didn't actually get my period until high school. So it was super late. Um, I knew nothing about it. I hadn't even gotten a sex ed class yet. I had no idea. My aunt. Luckily, I, my mom had a lot of younger sisters who were only five to seven years older than me. So they informed me what it was because I had absolutely no idea. I was horrified. I thought I was dying. Um, oh, yeah. Because if you, you didn't. Know, I was she basically lucky. threw one of those Tampax books that you can order for free through the, the, the Tampax <laughs> coupons. And it was like a girl's body. And she just looked at me and I was like mom I, I need pads I got my period and she just looked at me and she came back and just threw the book in my face and walked away she's <laughs> like you whore it was your fault <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> god forbid when the next year when I asked her for tampons because I was soaking through all the <gasps> pads and doing marching bands with pads as you're marching 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 the pads would frequently rip themselves out of my underwear, shimmy down my pant leg, and I'd find them just in a field as I'm marching. Because that's not horrifying. <laughs> not at all. And it's like, you know, boys see that, and it's like, Yeah, luckily that? I had some girlfriends that were like, oh my god, and they would just like throw their coats on it, and you know. But I was, I asked for tampons. She almost drove off the road, coming out of shop right into a ditch into the park and by right across from Sierra High School and I thought we were gonna die. <laughs> Cause you know that's totally gonna take your virginity. Right. You can't yeah you can't wear pregnant. tampons. Only whores wear tampons. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> okay. I'm like, but like, you wear tampons. <laughs> that guy that wasn't the response I should have said. <laughs> yeah. That did not go over well. <laughs> well, you know how I found out about them now remember back in the day before I, I haven't seen an ad for in the old school way in a hundred years but there used to be the TV ads where they talk about that not so fresh feeling or mm-hmm. how you know with tampons you can play tennis and ride horses and all these things that apparently you just can't do with a pad and it's not entirely untrue you can't do anything comfortable with the pad maybe the newfangled ones i i haven't worn one in oh my god almost 20 years since i've even had actually it's been over 20 years since i've had a period now and I don't miss it one freaking bit. But 
but uh, it's just I would ask because I didn't trying to stave off Shark Week that became Shark Month and having to change the pads that they bought me. Like at first my mother started out with like the teeny tiny cute ones that are supposed to be like light days or the teen ones. It's like, no, it was just like a Dexter kill scene (laughs) with that. And, you know, slowly I moved up the ladder to, you know, it needed like struts and supports and at least the days of having to wear the belt were over by then. For youngins and those of you of the male persuasion who may not know this, back in ye old days, women who wanted to wear pads had to wear this elastic belt around their waist that had like an alligator clip at the front and an alligator clip at the back and those attached to the pads and that's how they stayed on you because there was no adhesive this is what women go through I think your mom just gave you a torture trap because my pads suck not well but they suck oh no I I think she gave you some kind of great great grandmother some kind of weirdo fucking Italian (laughs) shit and she's like here this is what girls do nowadays because I don't want to spring a dollar more for the sticky ones (laughs) oh no no I was lucky that I got to skip that but it it wasn't by much. Oh, <laughs> terrible. But yeah, I would ask, it's like, I would see the ads in like 17 for tampons. And I'm like, this sounds so much cleaner and better. And I could go in the swimming pool because, you know, God forbid I went in the swimming pool with my Puragade. And, you know, without a pad, I was going to totally throw the pH of the water off. So for like that amount of time that I had it, I couldn't go in the pool. It's like, but you know, my brother and sister are peeing in the damn thing. So I didn't think a little blood was really a big deal, but (laughs) clearly, uh, you know, I was wrong. But getting to even that point where that first cyst came out, It then took another six years because I was just in pain constantly and to find out that once again, everything was caked together inside between the endo and the whatever to get surgery to even have that removed. It took me like finding three, talking to like three different doctors and having to completely be my own advocate at 18 and be like, no, this has got to go. I'm going to pass out. And then they would say horrible. They'd be like, well, maybe it's an atopic pregnancy. Maybe you got yourself, you know, in trouble and it's like, No, I'm pretty sure the not being able to walk in pain, let alone considering what sex would feel like, 
in that condition. I'm pretty sure slash immaculate conception. I'm doing okay over here. And then I I got that taken care of. There's a third thing. It's either you're making it up, you're looking for attention, it's in your head, or you must have done something to deserve this. Yes. That and this is where finger wagging old ass white male doctors would have like their moment to shine. It's like they became the morality police. Mm-hmm. Didn't matter what I was seeing them for. It's like, well, thank you for your opinions on my behavior, but I really don't think that uh, anything I did brought the endo to a better or a worse spot. And I had started having, knowing what I know now, I had started having lupus syndrome uh, symptoms even then. My hair was starting to change. Um, I had always been okay in sunlight and then I became really sensitive to it and all the stereotypical loopy symptoms started coming out. But of course, nobody wants to listen to that. Now you're just making stuff up. And it took me another 10 years to get a diagnosis for that. Didn't matter if I went to a rheumatologist, a GP, and uh, internal medicine doctor. I was making it up. I didn't know what I was talking about. I needed attention. Uh, fill in your preferred. Yep. Every doctor I went to, even up until recently, complaining about my fibromyalgia symptoms, which I wasn't diagnosed with till late in adulthood, even though I know I had symptoms since middle school, high school. And I was always told, oh, you're just making it up. You're just looking for attention, blah, blah, blah. You don't want to work. And I go to, do- I go to doctor, to doctor, to doctor. And I was called a hypochondriac. I was told I'm just drug seeking. And I'm like, did you see the part when I wrote in giant bold letters, do not want any pills, severely allergic to everything? Yeah, so exactly. Part, so what part of that is drug seeking? If I literally wrote down in giant ink, I do not want pills. I want to find out what's wrong with me and heal myself naturally. I would write that on everything. Like, because there'd be like a spot, like what is your expectations of this appointment or whatever? I'm like, to find out what's wrong with me without drugs, no drugs. And they're like, you're just drug seeking. And I'm like, really? Did you even read my fucking intake paperwork? No, apparently not. And this was the days before um, like Oxyhit or fentanyl so it was, if you got anything, I think like the strongest thing on the market at the time was maybe Vicodin. Yeah. And I mean, I have, of course, one of the universe's fun little jokes is I actually am opioid resistant. So it's like whatever relief I might get is not a whole lot from it. But to say, oh, here, take a Vicodin, it's like, you know what? You may as well just give me the Tylenol. 
Yeah, exactly. Don't don't even bother. I'll just do a Tic Tac. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) That'll be fifty dollar copay. <laughs> and then your insurance is going to bounce back the bill and say it's not necessary for you to have gone to this specialist. It's going to be a couple thousand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's amazing how much they get to bill for sitting there and telling you, well, it's in your head. You should maybe see a shrink. It's like, if I thought it would help, I would go. I can't tell you how many times. Over my young adulthood, when I finally realized that there's something definitely wrong with me, like that I shouldn't be in this much pain. And I guess I had lived with it for so long. I just thought it was normal until I had a root canal done. It was a surprise root canal because my dentist was an asshole. He didn't take care of the filling the year prior. And then when I went back the next year for my checkup, he just started drilling. And I'm like, what are you doing? He pulls out a needle and starts to stab my gums. And I'm like, what are we doing? And I'm like, bruh. And he's like, you need a root canal right away. I'm like, oh, on the molar that I told you had a cavity last year and I told you it hurt. And he's like, uh, then not only that, he cracked my tooth in half, but that's a whole nother story. Oh, so he gave great me, guy. Yeah. So he gave me, I want to say it was like the super strong Tylenol stuff, like Tylenol 3 or whatever it is. Oh, yeah. Um, Tylenol with codeine. Yeah. AKA that, the only one worth taking. I was high as a kite puking my brains out, falling into walls, vomiting for hours, dizzy. Like, I can't, that's when I realized, one, that I can't handle any kind of drugs. And two, but I wasn't, in, as horrible as all that was, I wasn't in pain. And I called my buddy, Henry, and I was like, Henry, I'm like, I'm not in pain. He goes, that means it's working. People pay a lot of money for that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Henry. And I'm like, I know, really, like, I'm not in pain, like, nothing, like, my eyelids don't hurt, my scalp doesn't hurt, my back, my neck, my toes, everything, he's like, something's wrong with you, because you, that's not normal, and when it finally, all those awful things wore off, all the pain came slamming back even harder, and he's like, you need to get checked, he's like, there's something wrong with you, and that's what really started me, with his help, trying to figure out what was wrong with me, every doctor I went to, you're just fat, you just need to lose weight, you know that you know you it's just your woman's woman issues blah 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 like it's just all in your head you're attention seeking you're just depressed i'm like i'm not depressed i'm pissed off because no one believes me <laughs> like yeah there's a big difference buddy come here i'll show you depressed yeah if i i think I, if i can have a superpower you know forget flying and whatever and all that stuff i would want the ability there was a TV show with weird superpowers. I think it only had one season. One of the girls, she had the ability to touch someone and then touch someone else. And she acted as a conduit and she can transfer one person's feelings to another. So that person can feel what the other person was feeling like a hundred percent 4d, you know, 4k, whatever. And I think that would be an amazing superpower. Can you imagine like oh. how that would solve empathy, how doctors would let me see how you feel, Doc. Here, let me touch you. And they'd be like, holy shit, how are you even standing right now? You know, like, it, that, it, that would, would be amazing. It, it would fix so much. It would fix medical. It would fix arguments. I think it would fix racism. <laughs> if you could say something to someone and, and feel what you made them feel. Like, but that's a whole nother day's story. But 
yeah so finally i decided you know enough's enough i would write down my symptoms i would write down exactly what i ate how i felt i mean i kept a diary for probably seven eight months every day the temperature outside what i weighed what i ate for breakfast lunch and dinner how i felt after i ate did i go to the bathroom how many cups of water did i drink did i have any soda did i have wine and how did i feel did i work out everything and i finally found another doctor and she finally started to this woman took me seriously and sent me for all kinds of testings. Of course, there was no test for fibromyalgia. They had to do you for limes and this and this and this and this and this. And this. Oh, of course, because it'd be too yeah. easy if they have right a test for that. And people don't realize, you know, fibro. You can just feel it in anywhere from like your pinky to your entire body, and it, it doesn't matter. The pain is enormous sometimes and it just and mimics everything it exactly. mimics like every other disease we were like oh that sounds like this well yeah but it's not that because i was tested for that it mimics this and this and it's just anyway she eventually i forgot what happened like she changed practices and they wouldn't tell me where she went and then eventually because i couldn't take pills i just like well what am i going to do at least i have a diagnosis and i determined to try to fix it naturally so i went completely gluten and grain free and low carb which happens naturally when you eliminate all grains and I lost 65 pounds and then when I went back to the doctor they actually listened to me when I found a different doctor and they're like oh well you're not overweight I'm like yeah surprise asshole so what are you gonna do for me like there's got to be a way to naturally (laughs) heal this you lost your favorite excuse so now what right exactly so just a couple years ago, so this is, I'll be 47, so 45, I found a pain management doctor. He wanted to, uh, they had put me in Cymbalta way back when, oh, which they uh-huh. said was non-narcotic and non-addictive, and that wasn't the case because I remember driving to work down the highway, and the whole highway was spinning, and then I would just go into fits of rage, like like Brutus and Popeye, like everything's red and burning, like bacon <laughs> sizzle. You were the She-Hulk for She-Hulk. And it was because, like, I felt myself going through it, and I couldn't stop. And I would literally lock myself in my office at work and just cry. And I'm like, what is wrong with me? I quit them cold. They kept messing with my medicine. They kept not approving it. So I would have to wait two to five days for them to give it to me again. So I would go through withdrawal for five days, and then i get it again, and then I'd be sick. And then I'd go through withdrawal the next month, and then i and finally, I just, I weaned myself off of it. I just cut down the dosage until I was taking like one, like every few days. And then I just cut it out completely. I was wrapped around the toilet, hurling my brains for days, trying to wean oh. myself off that garbage. It was awful. There was actually a class action lawsuit against them for exactly that. And I missed out on it because I had no idea. Um, but anyway, two years ago, I found this pain management doctor who was absolutely amazing he actually did scans of my neck because i was always complaining about neck pain he's like you have severe arthritis stenosis degenerative disc all up and down your neck your whole spine and i'm like oh so it's not just in my head i'm not just making it up he's like no and i'm like well no one believed me enough to actually order me an mri he's like are you kidding me and i'm like no well guess what happened to that awesome doctor the insurance didn't want to pay him (laughs) So of course they stopped, not. They, he did these procedures on me, and uh, he did uh, what did he, do? he gave me shots in my neck. 
kind of helped a little bit. I think the shot and the side effects hurt worse than the thing, but it was slightly better. And, yeah, but sometimes. He was trying. And then nine months later, my I saw my insurance still hadn't paid him for the procedure that he had done like back in February. And eventually they're like, yeah, we can't see you anymore because your insurance doesn't pay their bills. I'm like, awesome, because you're awesome. So of course they're not going to pay you. <laughs> like, of course not. Take Let me just take everything away. Yeah. So I've eventually kind of given up on that. I got lucky only in the sense I had here in Georgia, I had found a really good primary care doctor and she's the one who diagnosed the lupus, diagnosed the fibro and started me on the road toward something. So she, of course, moves on me to Houston because her husband got his dream job. And then her replacement was pretty good. Um, And then I had gone through this period. I kept telling people, I can't breathe. And it it went on for like a year. And I was, quote unquote, falling asleep everywhere. Personally, I think I was just so oxygen deprived. I was passing out, but like my mother and everyone took it as falling asleep. And it's like I didn't have, no one thought to like get an O2 meter, which is just the dumbest thing. We should have been smart enough to think of that, but you don't think of things like that at the time. And I had gotten diagnosed with, just like you, I have all sorts of uh, osteo and RA down my spine. I've got multiple stenosis. I have nerve damage in tons of, if you name a body part, there's something wrong with it. I've had so many surgeries, I'm down to like no, minus maybe a kidney. And even with lupus, it's not a great idea. I don't have any optional body parts left. It's like all the organs that I have are completely necessary. But I, one day, the only reason I had woken up early was I had to get a stitch out because of uh, a dumb cut to my foot. And I couldn't get like up I was a lovely shade of blue and I literally passed out backwards which I can't even describe the feeling to you but it was it was very matrixy and I ended up going to the hospital and I almost died because I my lungs were in failure and the only decent thing that happened from that, I mean, I've ended up on oxygen since 24-7, but I call him my personal God and Savior, is I met, uh, and I'm going to give his name out because if there's anyone in North Georgia who needs a pain management doctor who's going to listen to you, take time, and is not just going to slap pain meds on you and be like, boom, here you go, because they're not 
kill pushers is Dr. Kenneth Joel. Um, I met him and he's like looking at my meds and at the time I had even been on a fentanyl patch because the pain med guy, two doctors back, just didn't know what else to do with me. And he's like, I got to do something to help you, but I don't know what. And I had to, you know, I didn't have insurance when he did that. So for the longest time, I had to pay for those out of pocket. And you don't even know know what that costs. But even then, they didn't help. They did more damage than, than they did anything. I mean, I remember the only time I felt true relief from it was when I had put on the first patch. And it was like I spent the next 45 minutes staring into space and being like, okay, now I know why people do drugs. But I never felt like that again. It was like I got one and done. But, you know, I'm lucky now that I have someone who listens to me. I have a... Uh, primary care who's amazing and you know fortunately enough there it just happened to work out that they're friends so they're able to we can talk amongst each other to work something out that's a little more cohesive um, for my nerve issues, I and one day we will have to do a show on this because it's too much to try and squeeze it on now. But I do ketamine therapy when I'm able to get it. That's just getting it is a is a complicated thing, but it's amazing and. It helps total my total body nerve pain because there's so much nerve damage more than anything else ever has. So why'd you do that to yourself then? <laughs> I, you know, I have this theory that I'm at least half alien. <laughs> <laughs> and you know how I like to collect conspiracy theories? And there actually is this total weird George Sukalos approved conspiracy theory that people who have uh, like mass um, like fibro or lupus or those kind of disorders is that we are like hybrids of some sort and it's like the alien DNA and the human DNA just not quite meshing the way that they should so we have um, I'm totally missing the word that I'm looking for. And there we just lost our last viewer. <laughs> but, yeah exactly it's like if, if making fun of old white men and balls didn't do it before that, yeah, that totally white, just I had one old white male doctor who 
I had gone to the gynecologist for an emergency appointment because I found a pretty darn, I'm going to say like a silver dollar sized lump on my lobbyist. And I'm like, well, oh, this is not fun. good. I was terrified and it was hard as a rock and I didn't know what the hell was going on. And my aunt was just diagnosed with cancer. My mother was just diagnosed with cancer. My friend had just died of cancer and I was freaked the fuck out. So I made an appointment. I go to get checked out. He gets in there and he huffs and he like rolls his chair back away from me as I'm laying there with my legs, you know, spread akimbo. And he slaps me on the inner thigh. Like he goes, well, there's nothing wrong with you. You just need to stop having so much sex. It's just a heat rash. You and but wait. Asked. So I looked at him and I said, "Well, that's impossible because I haven't had sex in four and a half years because my ex-husband's too busy fucking his mistresses." And the guy was like, "Uh," and he skedaddled out of that room. All I heard was the door closing. And I'm just laying there on the table naked from the waist down and just crying. Because I'm like, what the fuck? So it turns <sighs> out it was ingrown hair. And it just got horribly and disgustingly infected to the point where it was just so swollen and painful. So it wasn't cancer. But the fact that he would even say that to somebody and slap me on the thigh, like that, that condescending, like my inner thigh too, like creepily just slap me. Like you just need to stop having so much sex. I'm like, what? oh my god! You know, if, <laughs> yeah. if that had been a guy, it wouldn't have been like a slap on the earth. It would have been like, "Well, boy, you just getting it too much, you know. You, oh you just gotta like slow down, you know." Yeah. It would have been like a pride thing that dude was or wasn't getting laid that much, and you know, mm-hmm. no guy is gonna be like. No, I, I just, not me. It's like, you, oh, I see, this is where I would have come out of that room ready to kill. <laughs> I've yeah, just. Needless to say, I ripped the poor secretary like to shreds. I got dressed, I walked myself out of the room, and I like flipped out on them. I'm like, this guy is a disgusting piece of shit. I'm like, he is unprofessional. Did he have a woman in the room with you? No. This... Oh, no. that's mm-hmm. another, you know, usually male doctors in that situation, because so many have had, like, the the lawsuit that, you know, they touched you inappropriately yeah. or usually have a, a nurse in the room. Yeah. Oh, oh, that <laughs> makes me angry on your behalf. I, oh, somebody needs to be turned into a toad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not above doing it. Come here now. Oh. Yeah, I'm yeah. so used to being dismissed by doctors, and just, I'm like, you know, I mean, just you shouldn't be used to it. And I know, and I've read so many horror stories about. You know, you 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 see an article on Facebook, say, and you read the comments, and people are like, "Oh, this never happened to me." And then you see like three thousand comments of women like, "Oh, yeah, that happened to me," and I almost died. And you know, I knew I was going to labor, and they're like, "I'm fine," or I knew my, you know, my baby died in utero, and they told me, "No, you're fine," and I almost died. And went like story after story after story of people just being completely disregarded, 
and not even be like, all right, well, we'll do this test and find out. They're just like, no, you're wrong. <laughs> like, I'm yeah. sorry, I need to go out back and have my cigarette. You're wrong. No, I know. I'm the doctor. And, uh. I, I went through eight years of school. What did you do? I don't know, live in this body for 46 years? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, all I can tell you, the younger women who might listen to this and the younger non-white women especially, just keep being your own biggest advocate. If it takes a hundred doctors to get what you need, even don't though be it's... afraid to walk out of that office. Exactly. And walk to tell out. them what you think on the way you're going. And find somebody else. Just keep going. Don't give up. Keep going. Don't let them bully you into whatever you don't want to do. Look online, read reviews. Like they wanted me to get an IUD. And I'm like, well, I have a really, really small area down there. I also have a severely tilted uterus and things are painful down there. And they're like, it's fine. Your vagina is made to stretch. Well, it still hurts. (laughs) Like, you know, (laughs) and then you start reading online and you start looking up articles and you start finding women that have the same experiences and the same pain and the same issues that you have but the doctors just go oh you're fine because they don't have a vagina so they're like oh yeah you're fine and I'm like no I'm not fine and you know I looked up you know people with my condition you really can't have an IUD because there's no room for it So, yeah. you know, like I walked out of that office and he was mad at me. He actually had the secretary call me and demand to know why I refused to get the service after he ordered the thing for me. And I'm like, I never agreed to it in the first place. So the fact that you ordered it for me and then demanded that I have the, you know, the thing put in, like, I never said yes to it. I said I wanted the pill. <laughs> like, like, he must have yeah, been getting like, kickback for the IUD companies. I don't know. I, but, you know, I wouldn't be surprised because... There was that that thing uh, in California a long ass time ago. There was a I don't know if it became a lawsuit or if it was just a big news story about how doctors were specifically using, you know, X brand IUDs because they were getting big kickbacks rather than okay, you need an IUD. Well, let's what's going to be the best one for you right it's like you know what i realize you want to go to hawaii i want to go to hawaii too i don't want to go because you put in the (laughs) wrong part into my body and i know we only have like less than three minutes left but why is it that if a woman's on the pill you're a whore you're on the pill you must be a whore but the pill and it shouldn't be called birth control. It should be called hormonal supplement or something of that effect. Because That's... the pill is literally given to you for everything. You have endometriosis, the pill. You have pimples, the pill. Oh, you have cramps, the pill. Or your breasts hurt, the pill. Or you have fibroids, well, the pill. You have this, the pill. <laughs> you gain weight, the pill. You bleed too heavy, the pill. Like it... That's all that's forced down our throats, literally. But then we're whores for taking it. So like... that's a whole other episode (laughs) and then on top of it up until recent years you had to pay for that out of pocket because that wasn't covered by insurance because oh yeah mine was like 45 dollars a month which you know what you know what i get it i i i understand that but the fact that i remember going on a rant i i 
told this one senator off. I'm like, explain to me how I'm a whore because I want to take the pill because I have endometriosis and all kinds of issues. And you're trying to make it that certain companies can just deny me just based on religious reasons. Oh, no, you can't have the pill because you work for a religious company. Like, what? No, I can't help health care. Because so what? So if you are of a religion where you don't believe you should get blood transfusions, I should die because I happen to work for a company where the owner believes that? Like, do you hear That's... yourself? Like, and, how, and they don't care. Well, the Biden administration actually just uh, repealed during the Trump <laughs> shocking fiasco. They had cut birth control benefits like way down to what companies had to cover or that they could in fact um, uh, keep it from being on the approved list of of medications medications Uh because they don't believe in it so that just got repealed by the Biden administration so thank you to them for at least seeing us as people sort of of. well one step forward a thousand steps back but yeah i mean we're still nothing but uh you know little good little handmaids who should be pumping out kids but but then if you pop out kids you're also a whore (laughs) there's no winning you're just no winning no i was talking to a neighbor of mine um I did a photo shoot with them and we're talking about how like I don't have kids and people are like, Oh, you're so selfish for not having kids. And she's like, well, I have kids. And I went to the supermarket and two of my kids, well, you know, they were tired. They were cranky. My one had an earache. I had to pick up medicine for him. I was picking the other one up for this thing. And you know, this woman looked at me and she's, and she's like, where's the father? And she's like, working? Like, what is it your business? Like, she's like, Oh, how many kids do you have? And she's like, well, so if you don't have kids, you're selfish. If you have kids, you're a horrible person and you know you, you have to be with the man at all times to prove that you're a family unit because god forbid you're a woman trying to run errands and do everything like you can't win if you have one kid you're selfish for not having another one if you have two or three then oh my god how many kids are you gonna have what's wrong with you like yeah. it's, it's just it's like you can't just like at this point. but then if you want the pill then you're a whore also so <laughs> like <laughs> like We're i don't so understand just We're no- so- we're just whores. Everything's a whore. We should have <laughs> just called this show just whores. Just whores. <laughs> Cranky whores. Um, well, we went over an hour now. We did. Well, we're cranky whores. So we had a lot to say. So, <laughs> Well, this has been hopefully enlightening and helpful for some. Other people are like, Probably that just alcohol thing really <laughs> explains a lot. We went from two-year-old alcoholics to exploding users, okay? <laughs> you know, you never know what you're going to I didn't get. even get to talk about my exploding uterus this summer. <gasps> oh, you know, we can go over a little bit if you want to talk about exploding uteruses. <laughs> All right, I'll try, to, I'll try to make it quick. Last year, 46 years old, still begging for a hysterectomy because no doctor would do it. I've been trying for my 20s up until mid 40s no well, one because you're it. a need, whore because i'm a whore i need yes i need my husband's written permission i need to have at least two kids and i'm going to change my mind even at 46 years old and these is multiple doctors in very liberal new jersey in new york and pennsylvania 
That's really not that difficult. But anyway, multiple doctors, multiple states through multiple decades being told, you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't. So the compromise I ended up with last year, I was like, I literally am going to cut my uterus out and slap it on your table. Like, I cannot do this anymore. It's like, as I got older, the cramps and the pain and the bleeding, it was like, I actually thought I was miscarrying. It was so bad. It's like awful. And like, what is going on? Like, no one prepares you for that in school. No one tells you that in sex ed that when your 40s hit, like, it's like bedlam. Yeah. And then all those symptoms would trigger my fibromyalgia. So I I would start having flare-ups really bad on top of all my period symptoms. So the compromise was to have an ablation. I'm like, fine. All right. What does that entail? He tells me excruciating. I would rather go through breast reduction surgery with no medicine like I did again, and then have the emergency surgery surgery get uh, the next month again, another story with no medication, than ever go through an ablation again. It was so painful. So we do that. I bled for like 29 days straight. I was wearing like adult diapers. Like it was horrifying. So much excruciating pain. And then let's see, that was about March of last year. Nothing, nothing happened. We're all good. Summer goes by, no bleeding. I'm like, this is awesome. I love this. I, this is fantastic. Well, a few months ago, it was, I want to say October, like October, November, I had a lot of pain. I was like, oh good. It's another diverticulitis attack. That's what it felt like. Like that hard lump in your intestine. I'm like, I'm blocked up. This is not good. Last time I was in the emergency room with it. Also didn't oh. believe me until I had to get scans done. And then they're like, oh, yeah, you, you're all blocked up and your intestine's going to explode. I'm like, I told you. <laughs> they didn't believe me. Um, I was wrapped around the toilet crying. Uh, my fiance brought me to the emergency room. And I don't like going to the doctor, as you know, um, for obvious reasons. <laughs> well. But I was I couldn't even get up. He had to drag me into the car. And I was just sobbing with pain and it was in so much pain I was vomiting and vomiting and vomiting because I was in so much pain I couldn't stop throwing I would have to drink water just so I had something to throw up that lasted for three days straight I went to the emergency room they did a scan they're like it's not diverticulitis you're gonna have to go see your uh your gynecologist I'm like what do I have to see my gynecologist for I'm like I don't even have one I just moved down here so okay Okay. I'm like, I don't know what's going on. They gave me a little bit of medicine, which actually did make me feel better. And I was shocked that I didn't get sick from it. They gave me an injection of something. Um, the pain wore off. It wore off in a couple hours. And then I was back to like sweating profusely in excruciating pain, like rocking back and forth, vomiting. It felt like someone was stabbing me with an ice pick over and over and over again, like right in my fupa. <laughs> oh. Finally. I, I, it was, I don't even know what time it was. I crawled to the bed. I was just crying and I'm pulling on Jason. I'm like, oh, I need to go back. Now I was terrified because my awesome insurance, the hospital ER copay was a thousand dollars and I had no job. <laughs> so back we went. Well, of course, that's the way it I'm works. I'm laying there. They're like, we don't know what's wrong. I'm like, James is like, he was pissed. He was like, you were just here two days ago. You need to find out what is wrong with her. And I'm just like, my, I, I was, like I'm telling you pain where my eyes were, I was seeing double of everyone. Like I was literally just delirious. Like 
they're talking to me, asking me all these questions, and I'm like just mumbling. I couldn't even look at them. The lights were too bright. I was curled up in a ball, just rocking back and forth. They gave me a shot of the stuff again. They took me for scans again. They're like, not diverticulitis. You have a large fluid, some kind of mass in your uterus. And I'm like, what? And I'm like, oh my God, am I pregnant? Like what? I'm like, I had an ablation. They're like, well, an ablation doesn't mean you can't get pregnant. I'm like, yeah, I know, but I've, I, I don't know. And they're like, no, it's not. So they did um, ultrasound and they're like, well, it's not any kind of things. We don't, we don't know what it is. You're going to have to go to the gynecologist. Well, while I was waiting for them to get all the tests back, I felt this pressure that I actually blacked out for a second. Oh. And then it, I, I can't even describe it. It was like someone took like a serrated knife and was like cutting me open. And then I was just exploding blood everywhere. It was oh. everywhere. So basically what had happened was my uterus decided to regrow. And the ablation oh. failed. There's a name for it. And now I, I don't want to click leave, uh, close out the screen because I think if I close it out, it'll leave the recording. It will. We'll have to look it up for next time. But there is a name for it. And when I looked it up, the pain is described as giving birth to a child. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah, that's that's probably what it felt like. I wouldn't know because I didn't have a child, but it was the worst pain I've ever experienced in my life. And so what had happened was all the scar tissue and all the dead skin was just building and building and slobbing and having my period and building, but getting trapped in my cervix, which I also have uh, um, cysts all over my cervix. So those were all blocked up. And eventually it just grew and grew and grew and grew to the point where it just punched through. And I basically just gave birth to six months worth of period and skin and cysts. Oh. And it, I went fucking full carry in the ER <laughs> in the bathroom. Best and I just place sat there. for it to have happened at least. I'm so. just so glad it didn't happen at home in our new house with James <laughs> finding me because both of us would have been dead. <laughs> like He would have just fucking passed out. But yeah, but it was almost like a relief. And I was like, I told you I was in pain. <laughs> like, that's all I could whisper. And they were just looking at me like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, 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 no one believes me. They're like, oh, no, like, it's just, you know, well, you're heavy, blah, blah, blah. Well, they didn't know. And I'm like, no, I am. And they're like, yeah, no wonder why. And then no one believed how much pain I was in. And until I looked up that article, for a failed ablation and if you look it up and read all what happens that's exactly what happened to me so that was my fun story just this past couple months ago awesome. damn yeah that wins the you're a whore award for... <laughs> i don't want an award i just want to stop bleeding <laughs> i'm gonna be 47 in a couple weeks i just want to stop fucking bleeding <laughs> oh and i just want to would... stop doctors just fucking listen to us yes doctors if any of you are listening stop it (laughs) just i have to say though with the younger generation of doctors coming in it seems to be getting better my, I did find a new OBGYN. Well, the doctor, well, the hospital got mad because I didn't go to theirs. I'm like, well, you don't take my insurance. And they're like, well, you have to go. And I'm like, yeah, I went to a doctor that takes my insurance. I don't understand where the disconnect is coming from here. Are you dumb? <laughs> like, 
So is it, I is found... this a well star filling yeah. the hospital? Because I know the answer. <laughs> I did find somebody and she walked in, I swear. And I, I got this when I was younger a lot too, but she looked like she was like 22 years old. And she may have woke in. I don't know. And I was like, Are you pretty? And I'm thinking maybe she's a nurse or a secretary. She needs to ask me another question. You know, they ask you all the same questions that you already filled all the paperwork out for. I'm like, why am I doing this three times? And she's like, hi, I'm Dr. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, holy moly. And I was like, this is going to be good. She was amazing. She was so, so nice. And she actually said, if I wanted to, she would do the hysterectomy for me. Of course, I have a job where I don't have any vacation time, nor the insurance, nor the money to do it. But hey, you know, she said yes, finally, at 47 years old. So, yeah. me. <laughs> hey man you just need to get insurance or if anyone out there wants to start a GoFundMe to remove Nett's horror uterus <laughs> we will take care of that it'll be awesome Cynthia needs her uterus out come on start it <laughs> and with that we lost our last listener <laughs> it's like I hung on through all of it got right up to exploding you know blood sausage exploding, human exploding uterus yep. and then they asked for a GoFundMe for <laughs> you <laughs> and it was please over. if you don't want me to breed <laughs> help me <laughs> Uh, and, and you know it's always the people who shouldn't breed who do and, oh, and, yeah. and and those of us who may well I would not have been a good parent I, I would have been like the drill sergeant from hell I think I, I, <laughs> it's like no you will you know how bossy I can be <laughs> you will be doing this <laughs> <laughs> We're at one thirteen now. I think we uh, I, I think, think we bored daylight out of enough people. <laughs> I think so. Well, guys, another productive show. You've learned many things. You've learned that I'm an alcoholic whore. Nets a uh, Cynthia rather is a bloody whore. We're all good. So, any last bloody whore thoughts? I don't know. Just stay cranky. Stay cranky, bitches. Stay cranky. <laughs> Bye.